No, he can't. teach you. He about to preach. Will, will winter last forever? No. Will spring 
okay. It's okay. We're going to talk about how the blood of Jesus can free us from a sin. How many of you guys have ever been to that place where you know that you sinned against God? You did something wrong, and it felt good for a moment, but then you got caught. <laughs> did, it, did it feel good no more? Like, it felt good when you stole that money so that you could get what you wanted from the bookstore. I'm just talking about personal experience here. I'm not talking about you. have bookstores at all. Anyway. Oh, my God. That is so old. And so the the season of sin is one moment. Yeah. Yep. And then what happens is sin exposes itself to what it really is. And I'll show you, I'll teach you that throughout this lesson. But the pleasure of sin, when it feels good to be out after curfew, your mom told you to be home at 10. Listen, people were preaching this word 
back when TVs weren't even in existence. So microchips were not a, like even a thought. Yeah. They weren't in an existence. They weren't a thought. They weren't an idea. And it was in God's word, the mark of the beast, that it could be on your head, in, in, in your head, the skin on your forehead, in your hand. Um, so, God's word has never changed. And he's actually told us thousands of years ago what it would look like today where we're living. People will call good evil yeah. and evil good. Isn't that what people are doing? Yeah. People are saying that it's, you know, love is love. Love is love. And there are some people that go, yeah, if a grown person wants to be with a child, love is love. You know. Mark my words. It will become legal if Jesus tarries. Mm -hmm. It will become legal. Why? Because the Bible says that people will call good evil and evil good. Everything that we see that we would say is evil, listen, go ahead. Don't they already do that in other places? They marry off children? They, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was unheard of 10, 15 years ago. That was not a thing. Um, people would call that evil. And now people are calling it evil if you discriminate against that. Mm -hmm. But really God said that marriage is between a man and a woman. And I'm not going to just go hard on that. I could, I could go on a thousand things. Um, the Bible says that son will turn against mother. Mm -hmm. Sons will turn against their fathers. Yeah. Isn't that the attitude? Not you guys here. You guys are blessing. You love your parents. You show it. Um, but isn't that the attitude of teenagers nowadays? I'm boss. You mm -hmm. can't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I don't like it, I'm going to call the cops on you. And I'm going to get you in trouble. Yeah. We call good evil and evil good. Don't we? That's the, that's the climate that we're in right now. So what is our highest authority? One more time. The word of God. Yes. If I don't know based on how I feel, if what I feel is right and can even be wrong, then what I need to do is go to the Word of God. Even when it no longer feels good, some people will still not turn back to God. So when people sin against God, um, you know, eventually, you know, have you heard the term rock bottom? You know, people hit rock bottom. Sometimes, when you sin against God, it can, it can sear your conscience. And what that means is when, when you're young in the Lord or when you're um, learning about God, you learn to stop sinning because it feels wrong when you sin. Um, but the Bible says that you can actually sear your conscience, meaning you can sin so much and harden your heart against God that it doesn't feel like anything when you sin. Mm -hmm. So feelings can't be the test to tell you whether something is right or wrong. It has to be the word of God. Why do you think the Bible says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth for the people who go to hell? It says it because there's going to be people who are crying because they're full of sorrow and probably they're sorry. And the gnashing of teeth are the people who are mad. There's people who are going to be in hell who are going to be angry because they still don't care about the things of God. Um, if it's a question of whether I'm saving it for a little bit later. There's going to be weeping, there's going to be crying, and there's going to be people mad in hell. Have any of 
when we got caught? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it's going to be, um, even in hell. The Bible says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That's Psalm 1611. Another version says, there are pleasures at the right hand of God forevermore. Everybody say forever. Forever. So the enemy tries to counterfeit the things of God, but he does a poor job. So the enemy tries to make what he gives you pleasurable, but it only lasts for a moment. The stuff that God does for you, and God does in you, and God gives to you, that stuff gives you pleasure forever. It's not just for a season. Whatever, there's another verse that says, whatever God does lasts forever. So when God does something in your life, when God does something for you, when you are acting on the word of God, that pleasure that you feel, that lasts forever. That doesn't go away, and we actually get to uh, be with God in heaven and experience it forever. Amen? Amen. Number two, if you're taking notes, the second characteristic of sin that I want to talk to you about tonight is sin disguises itself as subtle. Mm-hmm. Sin disguises itself as subtle, but exposes itself as extreme. I'll say it again and then I'll explain it. Sin disguises itself as subtle, but exposes itself as extreme. So sin looks very innocent when it comes to you. But when it's in full motion, it is very extreme. I'll give you a couple um, examples in the Bible. How many of you guys have heard of the story of David and Bathsheba? So David is a king. He's out on his roof. He's in charge of the whole nation, okay? So he's in charge. This is David. And previous kings, like, they could get whatever woman they wanted. So here's David. He's on top of his palace. He's not where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. And he sees a woman bathing on a roof her name was Bathsheba. God couldn't have worked that out any other way. Bathsheba. She's taking a bath and her name is Bathsheba. And unless that's a really bad nickname that they gave her, who knows? Maybe they didn't make it back then. So, all I have to say, you could look at that sin and say, David was just a man who was attracted to a lady. Sin seems subtle at first, but how was it, when it was exposed, how did it, uh, how did it look? David became a murderer and his baby died. Mm-hmm. His sin made him a murderer and a baby killer, essentially. Because his son died because of his own sin. And so we see that sin disguises itself as subtle. I'm just a man, I have feelings. I'm attracted to the woman. Said son of teenage boys. I'm just a teenage boy. I'm attracted to her. There's nothing wrong with that. Sin disguises itself as being very subtle, very innocent, very small. But what you find out is in the end it exposes itself to what it really is. And what happened to David is it could have taken his kingdom, but he decided to repent and turn from his sin. Everybody say repent. Repent. There's always a way out for you if you repent, if you turn from your sin. And that is what happened with David, thank God. The Bible also says, don't gaze at wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup. How smoothly it goes down. For in the end, I would say in the end, in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake, and it 
like the right way. Sin always comes to you subtly. So this is saying, um, you know, wine, it goes down smooth. It sparkles in the cup. It looks good. Um, maybe you guys haven't looked at wine and thought it looked appealing. Maybe you saw drinks on the menu at Applebee's. You know, the different color drinks that have the sugar around the rim. And you go, man, that looks appealing. It looks smooth. The Bible says, but in the end, it stings like a viper. Yeah. It destroys you. That is sin. It disguises itself as so. It's just one drink, right? It's just one drink. Just one. It's just a sip. It's just a this. It's just a that. And next thing you know, you're in jail because you drove a little bit too tipsy and killed somebody in your car. It sounds extreme, but time after time in the Bible, that's what happens. Like over and over and over again. God is warning us for a reason. There is an end to sin that looks nothing like the beginning. Mm-hmm. There is an end to sin that looks nothing like the beginning. So lies, I'm learning that that's like the gateway to every sin. It's, that's not biblical, but like it just feels like it is. Lies, they start as a lie, but they can end up with you doing who knows what. There's an end to sin that looks nothing like how it started, nothing like the beginning. With God, however, you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know what you're getting with God. He laid it out. He says, I'm God and I change not. What you see is what you get. What I've said is what you get. My promises are yes. Amen. And you respond with a resounding amen. God's promises are yes. Amen. He doesn't change his, his mind. He's not a man that he should lie. He's a son of man that he should change his mind. With God, what you see is what you get. With God, um, he doesn't change. You know what you're going to get with him. With sin, you never know. Yeah. It's kind of like the people who, so uh, I think it was an uncle of mine, for whatever reason, they played this game where you put one bullet in the chamber. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. And, and, but they dared him to put his finger in the gun. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because obviously it did not turn out good for him. Okay? So look at me. Don't be idiots. This is your fair warning. Say yes, Pastor. Say yes, Pastor. When you sin, it's like doing that. Yeah. Except, listen, every time that one bullet in the chamber is going to get you. Yeah. That's what committing sin, being disobedient to God is. Number three, the third characteristic of sin. The sting of sin is not always felt immediately. The sting of sin is not always felt immediately. So I'm getting away with it. So it must not be wrong. I've done what I wanted to do. And I feel good about it. 
said, in the end, that line will sting like a viper. Yeah. There's an end, meaning there's a beginning and there's a middle. And sometimes you don't feel the, the sting of sin right away. It's almost like uh, if you are eating something that you're allergic to, and like maybe it's a delayed reaction. Sometimes that happens to people. You're eating it and you feel good. And so you just keep eating it. And then it turns out you're allergic to it. And you know, you're a big deal of trouble. Did Adam and Eve die immediately after they took of the fruit? No. No, they didn't die immediately. But God said, you will sure, you will, actually he said, you will die die. He said, you will surely die. And that's like saying you will die, die. You will really, really die. And so they didn't feel the sting of sin immediately. They weren't immediately cast out of the garden. They didn't immediately die. There was a time between the time that they sinned and the time that they died. But what I can tell you is just because the judgment is delayed doesn't mean that it's not coming. Yeah. Just because the punishment is delayed doesn't mean that it's not coming. And just because the consequence is delayed doesn't mean that it's not coming. In Jeremiah 17, 11, it says this, Like a partridge that hatched a partridge in a pear tree. This is Christmas job. <laughs> like a partridge that hatches eggs that she has not laid, so are those who get their wealth by unjust means. So meaning you steal, you cheat, when you guys grow up, you'll have a chance to work under the table. I want to advise you to work above the table. Pay taxes on your income. Because whatever you gain unjustly will be taken from you, will be stripped from you. This is what the Bible says. At midlife, they will lose their riches. In the end, everybody say in the end. In the end. In the end, they will become poor old fools. In the end. That's that same thing that I was talking about with wine. In the end, it seems like a viper. When you're unjust with your finances, um, in the end, you will lose it all. And you'll become a poor old fogey. Thinking that I'm, I'm laying up an inheritance for my family. They're going to be set. And everything's going to be going like that. Mm -hmm. Just because the sin of sin isn't felt immediately doesn't mean that it's not coming. In the end, how you feel in your situation, what you're getting in your situation, what you're receiving in your situation, your feeling is not the test to know whether or not something is right or wrong. Your feelings aren't the test. What is the test? The Word of God. The Word of God is what tells us what is right and what is wrong. Not what I feel, not what I'm receiving, not uh, how, I, how I feel in the situation, what I think it's doing. It does not matter how you feel. It matters what the Word of God says. You know, there's something really interesting uh, in the Bible that I, I read a few times, and then I wish I knew a whole lot more about it. But there's several times in Scripture that the Bible says that God has raised a plumb line. So what people, what builders do is like they build a wall. It's kind of like a laser line level is the best way that I can describe it to you. How many of you guys know what like a laser level is? It shows you exactly the straight line. Okay. Um, so 
sports analogy, but I don't know, like how we really draw. Pretend like you're on a soccer field or a basketball court and the lines aren't there yet. Okay, yeah, no, so and the lines aren't there yet. Who knows? You you uh hit the ball out of bounds and then the camera sees it. It shows you exactly where the ball hit. Sorry, I tried. I don't know how to make it mine. But there's a ball. Yeah. And it's almost like as if there's times that we're living and we're living and like we don't see the effects of the bad stuff that we're doing. It's like when you've been eating a bunch of hoes or tasty cakes and then you step on a scale one day and you're like, oh, poo. I gained like 17 pounds this year. It's like as if you're eating a homo, and then God says, all right, it's time to step on the scale. That plumb line, it's like as if you're living your life, and you don't know you're gaining 15 pounds. And then all of a sudden, you step on the scale, and you go, oh, it must have been the homos. It's almost like all of a sudden, God lifts up the measuring stick. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to caution you through the word of God tonight. It can feel good. You might not feel the effects of sin in the game. It might take a good old while until you feel the effects of the sin. But there will come a time that God will bring you to account and he'll raise up that plumb line. Or a more modern version, he'll tell you to step on the scale. And he'll see where you There's a way out. There's good news. There's good news. The good news is Jesus Christ. He died for us. Listen, not just to forgive us of our sins, not just to take the sin away from us, but also to empower us to live for him. Yeah. Why? Because at God's right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The Bible says that godliness is profitable. Yeah, that's Both right. now and in the life to come. Everybody say now. Now. Yes. Now. Now and in the life to come. You being godly doesn't just work for heaven. It's not just so that you can get into heaven. Praise God that I'm going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But godliness is profitable for you now. Yes. You're not just going to lose friends because I'm a Christian. You're not. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You're not 
just going um, to receive persecution. What does that Bible verse say? That I'll tell you what it says if I actually find it. I think it's in Matthew. With persecution, you'll also receive houses and stuff like that. I'm trying with one hand. Hold on. Yeah, me too. With. So Mark 10. You found it? Verse 30. Go ahead and turn to Mark 10, verse 30. This is a word from, from the Holy Ghost for you guys. Yes, Jesus replied. Okay, so. Let me go back to verse 26. No. 23. Mark 10, 23. No. Okay, Mark 10, 23. We'll go there. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. And who in the world can be saved? They said. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Verse 28. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything for you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you. So you don't just give up stuff when you come to God. Godliness is profitable both now, now, and in the life to come. So this is the profitable that God's going to show us. I assure you that everyone who has given up house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or property for my sake and for the good news, will receive now, everybody say now. Now. Now, and isn't that so cool that the word God works? Mm-hmm. The other verse says, Godliness is probable both now and in the life to come. And the Lord brought to my brought to my spirit about persecution and the houses thing. And isn't that crazy how it's the exact same words? You don't okay, okay. It's the Spirit of God. It's awesome. Verse 30. We'll receive now. You see now? Now. In return, a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. And in the world to come. That's in heaven. That person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem the least important now will be the greatest then. Godliness is profitable both now and in the life to come. Whatever you give up now, you will fail to receive a hundredfold both now and in the life to come. Everybody say now. Now. It is the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. If you turn from your sin, God will prove to you his goodness. God yes. will prove to you that he's faithful. He'll show you over and over again. Number four, if you're taking notes, this is the last one. Sin never plays fair. Yep. Sin never plays fair. How many of you guys who have played sports or done something sports know that there's always dirty players? Uh-huh. Sometimes you're the dirty player. <laughs> when, I, when I was in basketball with the youth here uh, many moons ago on Friday nights, and they were beating me, it was just like a 
I don't know why, but it was like how I flinched. I would always go to trip them, like every single time. It was so dirty, and I don't know, like, I never stopped playing because it was just a reaction. I'd be like, because yeah. I have a brother, so like that's how you did, that's how you, you did each other dirty like that. Anyways, there are dirty players at sports, and you get sick of it. Like, you just want them to play fair, and there's always a referee going, no, it's not fair, you know, throwing up a Because 
good news. Jesus knew that this would be a problem. God, our Father, knew that this would be a problem. And so they talked about it, and Jesus became the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. He volunteered for the position. He said, God, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus lived a perfect life. Everybody say perfect. Perfect. Do you know when you're empowered by the Spirit of God, you can live a sinless life? Not like, you know, we all sin now and we have sinned. But after you receive Christ as your Savior and you're made new, everybody say new? No. You can live like Jesus lived. When you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, you can live like how you lived. Jesus said, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. That means that we can when we're empowered by the Spirit of God. As He is, so we are in this world. God wants to display for you His goodness. He wants to show you his faithfulness. He wants to show you I can provide for you. He wants to show you I will be that friend that sits closer than a brother. He wants to show you I am a father to the fatherless. I am a friend of the weak. I give beauty for ashes. You don't have to turn to drugs. You don't have to turn to alcohol. You know, after you spend time with Jesus, you don't end up with a hangover the next day. Yeah. He blesses a man and he adds no sorrow to it. When you're in the presence of God and he gives you that peace, when you were filled with nothing but worry, the next day the peace is still there. When you drink and get drunk, when you do drugs to ease yourself, to ease the pain, to get your mind off of it, what happens is you feel good for a moment, sin is pleasurable for a moment. But in the end, it stings you. The next day, you feel worse, and now you're dependent on that drug. Now you're dependent on that alcohol. And it leaves you with a bad, sick, guilty feeling, and you're bound. But God's not like that. He doesn't bind you to Him. Mm -hmm. What He does is He says, come to me. He gives you a willing choice. He lets you make the decision about whether or not you, you want to come to Him. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're standing. Jesus is saying to you today, come out from your sin and be separate. There is a way for you to separate yourself from sin. That way is Jesus Christ. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that you were bought at a high price. Yes. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. That's why people can say to you that God wants you to come as you are. Not because he doesn't want you to change. Because he wants you to know he already died for you. Mm -hmm. He already took the punishment for your sin. Every criminal charge that is against you because of your sin was placed on Jesus when he was on the cross. And he was nailed to the cross as a punishment for your sin. Now your position right now is to choose. Because unlike sin, Jesus doesn't bind you. He tells you to come. He tells you to make the choice. Oh, that you would, I, I put a path before you. 
He's not going to bind you to him. He wants you to make a decision. And God wants you to know through the power of his word tonight that there is no sin that's stronger than the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no bondage that you're in right now because of the devil that God cannot free you from. Jesus already paid the price for your forgiveness of sins. And God is calling you today. The Bible says, today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Meaning if you hear God speaking to you today and you want to choose to follow him, choose to follow him. Don't turn around from this place without choosing to follow him. If that's you and you would say, I know I've sinned, I know I've been wrong, but now I know through the word of God that Jesus died for me and I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you, put your hand up right where you're at. You would say, I want to be forgiven of my sins. I know that I've sinned against God and I want to be made right with God. I see lots of hands, so don't be shy. You would say, I know I've sinned and I want to be made right today. I don't want to go one more day the way that I am. I know I need to turn back to God. All right, those of you who have your hands raised, and even those of you that know, I know I backslidden, I know I made a mistake, I know I've sinned against God, I need to make, be made right today, I need to be free. Those of you with your hands raised, or those of you who say I need to get made, made right, even though I know Jesus, I want you to come forward right now from where you're at. I'm gonna pray for you. Thank you for your courage, come forward. Anybody else that you would say, I need, I need to be made right with God today. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Come on forward, right here. Go ahead, stay right there. Amen. Anybody else that you would say, I, I need to be made right, I've been messing up, I've been backsliding, there's something that's not right in my life and I need to be free from it tonight. You would say, I know I'm in the bondage of sin. Anybody else? One more call. You would say, I know I'm in the bondage of sin and I want to be set free tonight. Anybody else? I'll give you one more moment. All right, for those of you who are here already, we're going to pray this prayer. Meet it from the depths of your heart. And then uh, we're going to talk with you guys there in small groups. So go ahead and close your eyes. Bow your hands if you can lift your hands to heaven. Say this, dear Jesus. Go ahead, I'm going to say, dear Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess with my mouth that I choose you as my Lord. I believe that God, you raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive right now, giving me power over sin. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I will live for you all the days of my life. I'm going to pray for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Jamar. Bless her in Jesus' name.